0: Hello, I'm Sarah Simmy and this is Pullout. Uh, today I've got OK magazine, not okay and high this time. This one is just OK magazine. Uh, this is from May the 14th, 1977, and we've gone up slightly. We're on 12p now. <laughs> really, of uh, hitting the dizzy heights. Uh, but yeah, and we're on 12p. Some of the uh, headlines on the front cover are, and I'm going to say I'm really looking forward to this, is the A to Z of Love and Life. Now, it's a two-parter, and I'm very excited because I found the second magazine, so we've got both parts. I'm very happy, Um, and the fashion in this one is um, is that we're crazy about khaki, which I think we all are, aren't we? um so (laughs) so digging straight in this i was absolutely fascinated i had couldn't wait to get into this because when i started to read it i was like oh my word because so this is in the double page spread this is the um uh the kind of gossipy sort of little gossipy silly bits called um okay starts here um and what I found incredible was that very recently Cliff Richard was in the news because he was on um, This Morning, if any of you saw it. And he kind of a, a really um, yeah, embarrassed himself a bit by saying that he had the opportunity to meet Elvis Presley, um, but didn't because Elvis Presley had got really fat and he didn't want his picture taken with like a fat Elvis Presley so i don't really remember it was fairly recent sort of towards the end of 2023 anyway what did i find but he's always thought this because this is from 1977 remember so this is cliff richard's um, little interview here also can i say <laughs> well I'll, I'll um we'll catch up on it in a minute but um his views on women in 1977 a little bit suspect <laughs> anyway so this this is an interview with cliff richard he was saying that he um this is when he was talking about when he sort of started off um he said anyway um uh, i sung there he's talking about a particular place where he sang. anyway i sung there for a week and when i um what, when then when i wasn't discovered after that time i packed my guitar and went home because i really expected to be a star straight away i was lucky though for very soon after that the group managed to wangle a top of the bill um, from a guy who was running a talent show the the crowd went wild for us an agent spotted us and i was on my way in these early days cliff had one idol that he modelled himself on elvis presley Elvis was the guy I wanted to be like. He was the greatest. In fact, when I did my first TV show, the producer got me to get rid of my guitar and chop off my sideburns because I looked too much like Elvis. I don't think he did. (laughs) All right, Cliff. Whatever you want to believe. Anyway, even though I became a lot less wild than Elvis, I was still considered a rebel in Britain. After all, older people didn't accept rock and roll then like the way they do now. So I'd have headlines in the daily papers like, is this boy too sexy for television? Again, really? Okay. (laughs) Though Cliff's idol for a long time was Elvis and he'd always wanted to meet him, he doesn't know now whether um, it's the right time to meet him. I remember Elvis as he was, dynamic, good-looking and exciting. The man who invented my kind of music and meeting him the way he looks now would really shatter that illusion for me. See, told you. Now Elvis isn't too well and he's grossly overweight. I told you. So he's thought this for like many, many a long year. Uh, yeah, so Elvis isn't too well. And he's grossly overweight. There was a picture of him the other day in the paper and I just couldn't believe it was the same man. So that's it. What's nothing to do with him? Like Elvis, Cliff, Cliff has had more than his share of fame. But one thing he doesn't like about being famous is the fact that occasionally people have no consideration for stars although i agree that part and parcel of being a star is that you owe a lot of your personal time to your fans i can't really tolerate people who expect me to do things for them as a matter of course without even asking me cliff went on some of them are downright rude anyway then he just moans about (laughs) basically just moans about people asking for his autograph and how intrusive it is uh but let's crack on with his views on women shall we um anyway another thing that cliff has strong views about is romance and women i bet he does i think i'm a romantic person i'm all for opening doors for ladies and all things like that it's funny because with my kind of work i meet a lot of women who are very career-minded and self-sufficient so far from waiting for me to open doors for them they open them for me I really have to be forceful with them <laughs> and make a point of opening doors for them. All oh, right, let it go, Cliff. Let it go. <laughs> Imagine him been running your head on them and forcing doors open for women. Oh, dear. I really have to be forceful with them and make a point of opening doors for them. Things like that make me glad there's so much old-fashioned romantic in me. Mm. Anyone feeling a little bit sick? It's nice to stand up when a woman comes into the room or pay your respects to someone who's older by doing that, whether they be male or female, or sending a bottle of champagne to a table as a mark of your admiration and affection. Who doesn't do that during a day? Cliff really does believe that women and men have become equal in the wrong ways. Here we go obviously equal pay for women is a good thing he went on <laughs> thanks very much Cliff. but what angers me about the women's lib thing is that they've made lots of women feel guilty because they're not company direct- directors nature says that women are supposed to have babies what could be more important uh, bringing up a child with love and affection is just as vital as doing a high-powered job thanks for telling us cliff uh the other thing is Coy's uh, not going to let anything lie is he the other thing is that there are definite differences between men and women anyway it's impossible for instance for women to play tennis as well as men do because men are stronger oh cliff i think we should get back to the old days when the man wheel, with the man wielding his sword i hope that's not a euphemism and protecting the women as a christian that's honestly what i believe and maybe one day that'll be cliff's kinder life well wasn't that worrying on more levels than you first could have imagined think i've had enough so let's crack on with uh this fabulous a to z of love and life now it's quite difficult for me to read out because they've kind of formulated it so that you actually pull the whole pages out and then sort of rearrange it into an a5 booklet (laughs) which i'm not going to do because i don't want to ruin the magazine but it does mean reading it out is slightly odd because i have to keep going backwards and forwards anyway you'll see what i mean they uh, i've even given it a lovely front cover the a to z of love and life with a nice couple on there he looks a little bit like david essex i think <laughs> but i think I'm may be doing an injustice to david essex so so basically it's <coughs> as is fairly obvious it's an a to z so this week we've got the first half of the alphabet next week We've got the second half of the alphabet, which I said, as I said, I very excitedly found that second issue so we can do that. Um, So obviously we start with A's. Now I'm going to put it out now. It's a mixed bag. Just because something starts in the same letter, really sure they should have gone together. (laughs) Uh, Some of the B's, for example, are brothers, banking, which is about getting a job in banking. Boredom. (laughs) There's some real, as I say, some odd bedfellows. This one I thought was nice as a bee. Bitches. (laughs) Oh, God. And obviously, I'm not talking of the four legged variety. Oh, no, we're going straight in here. So, bitches. We all know about bitches. Bitches are people who urge you not to worry about your big nose when you didn't even know that you had a big nose, who who insist on calling our new boyfriend Bob, sorry, Tom, when they know perfectly well his name is Archibald, who every time they see you in new clothes shriek in amazement, but don't you look smart? Who? But we, but, <laughs> but we needn't go on, need we? That didn't make sense. We all know them, in fact, We're all probably thinking of one particular one at this moment. There's only one thing to do with bitches. (laughs) And that's avoid them like the plague. You can't ignore them. And if you try to answer back, you'll only make yourself seem bitchier. So beware of the bitch. Stay far away. (laughs) Ah, ah, That was particularly enjoyable. Um... Now, I've gone. sorry, I've gone back slightly, as I say, because of the way that it's uh, put together. I've now gone back to A. Bear with me. Um, I I thought I'd read this one out again. Odd combination. We've got things like accidents, acting, acting being a potential job. A stewardess also being and uh, then randomly in the middle of it they've got aries which i thought i would read out as i am an aries it's i don't know what that's got to do with anything else but it begins with a so why not you're outgoing dynamic and very ambitious which is fine but you can be very bad tempered and even ruthless at times <coughs> get to the top but make sure you don't tread on too many people while you're getting there Love. You're passionate and romantic, but you need a man who's stronger and more passionate than you are to be able to stand up to your bossiness. (laughs) You'll drive the Cancer, Scorpio and Pisces men around the bend, but Leo and Sagittarius are just just great for you. Work. You've got all that's needed for a high-powered, successful career, but you tend to give up with things too easily. You're a born leader, so you do really well as an explorer or a businesswoman. (laughs) <laughs> excellent there's still time for me to become an explorer here come the himalayas um another one which actually i think it started with um, is alcohol which i was rather drawn to <laughs> oh i enjoyed this well alcohol there are lots of facts and even more old wives tales <laughs> about the demon drink so, here to put you straight. Now, I thought it was going to be <laughs> something to do with health. It's not. <laughs> oh, no. Just for the legality of it. <laughs> At 16, you can go into a pub <laughs> without the landlord's consent, providing you buy only soft drinks. And that doesn't include beer. <laughs> oh, I've always considered beer a soft drink. <laughs> To children immediately. At 14, you can go in with the landlord's permission, but at 18, you are free to go in and drink whatever you like, provided you can afford it these days. Being 18, however, doesn't mean that you're able to drink sensibly. There's nothing that spoils a great night out more than feeling like a hungover wreck in the morning. And there are other complications. Drink can certainly relax you at a party and make you feel more at ease. But there are some fellas around who know that. (laughs) Drink itself can't make you pregnant. But no! (laughs) Stating the obvious somewhat. Drink itself can't make you pregnant, but one too many is often the reason for a lot of heartbreak after. Good. Well, I'm glad we covered, (laughs) covered that. As I say apologies I'm going I'm not going through the alphabet in exactly the correct author or order um, I'm now on again such random dancing which again is a career option daydreams it's just random breaking up anyway it's nice, just nice little one here about doctor it's just called doctor um, I just wanted to read this out just for the pure sexism value, really. Here it goes. He's there to help you, so ask him, whatever your problem is. And as for being embarrassed by feminine problems, don't forget that a doctor sees female patients every day. What's the point of suffering in silence when one visit to your doctor might cure it all? Because obviously no doctors are women. <laughs> um again, going on sorry this is so complicated anyway nice little illustrations in some of this uh... <laughs> so, this, it's, it, this really is the gift that keeps on giving i have to say um <laughs> uh crushes let's go for crushes as we're still on seas there's nothing like a really good full-blown hopeless crush to make life worthwhile <laughs> Whether you're getting up especially early so you can see that dishy boy on the 8.51 train or counting the hours till Starsky and Hutch, it's the same glowy, chilly, neat feeling inside. And the nice thing about crushes is that we never actually get to meet them. So it doesn't matter if the boy on the train is allergic to dopey females with daft grins of adoration. Well, even if heaven forbid, Starsky should turn out to be rather nasty, we'll never find out. <laughs> crushes crushes are for daydreams, and as long as that's where they stay, that's fine. We're all smart enough to know the difference between daydreams and real life. So, <laughs> oh, dear, so that's crushes. I <laughs> there's also this uh, another whole bit which was about which is about contraception. I'll spare you most of it, but um, it's about forms of contraception. That's hardly a, um, it did make me laugh though. Uh, their description of so they've got the, know, they've got the pill the cap and then they've got the sheath. I like the way that everyone still called it a sheath. <laughs> oh, anyway, it just says the sheath condom or French letter that's a little (laughs) sexy description um rather less so sexy which is rather like the finger of a glove (laughs) oh dear that's offended a few people it's rolled onto the penis before love baking but care must be taken that it doesn't slip off (laughs) during withdrawal anyway i think we'll gloss over (laughs) a lot of that for now um I just also briefly in the, <laughs> I think that's it, actually. Oh, no, we might have more of the, <laughs> oh, dear, more of the A to Z. But I just wanted to stop for a um, another CNA advert, again, with a lovely illustration with parrots this time. Again, it's for the gear seller. It's really nice. I don't know why the parrots are in it. It's their soft, subtle supple suede look tops in camel, donkey or stone. Seven fifty or six fifty. Very nice. Right, let's crack on. I've realised that that's all we're up to for the <laughs> we only got as far as C in that A to, A to Z. So um so yes, yeah, so we've got some corkers coming next time. Uh now we've got fancy that the occasional series where a man tells you what he thinks of girls. I always find interesting this is um he's called John Barnes, but not not the John Barnes the footballer that some of you may know. My goodness that man's got a lot of hair. Let's hear what what John Barnes has got to say on the subject of women. our fancy that. <laughs> This week is a really great fella called John Barnes. We met him in a busy record shop in London where he was working and we couldn't resist asking him what he thought about women. Well, I think you're all wonderful, he smiled. And I don't know how we'd manage without you. But, he carried on, I'm sorry to disappoint you, ladies. I'm already engaged. I don't think we were that disappointed, to be fair. but Just our luck. Feeling a little put out, we asked him how old he was, and he told us nineteen. We asked if he thought he was maybe a bit young to be thinking of settling down. No, I don't," he said, seriously. "It's quite simple, really. I've met the girl I want to spend the rest of my life with. A year ago, before I met Linda, I wasn't sure that I, I wasn't sure that I wouldn't marry until I was at least twenty-three. That's hardly old, is it? goodness people's expectations of getting married were so young um but when i met her all my ideas changed she must be quite a girl to make him change his mind so drastically so we asked him what she was like well she's fairly small and slim with long blonde hair and large brown eyes he told us on no, <laughs> i like the way he said nothing about her personality anyway that's what she looks like He told us, and although she's very attractive, she's not the only reason. That's not the only reason I want to marry her. She is such a great laugh to be with. I can't stand girls who are moody. And it's nice to know that when I arrange to see Linda, I'm sure she's going to have a smile on her face. In fact, Linda really is everything I want my wife to be. Oh, but she does one thing that drives me mad. She is so soft that when we go to the pictures and the film is the slightest bit sad, she starts crying with that we went back to work leaving him to his lucky fiance that wasn't really any kind of an interview was it they just talked to someone in the street for two seconds anyway um the um, the next couple of pages are the um are about the (laughs) being crazy about khaki i actually think this uh, normally as i've said that fashion is often just illustration. But this one is all photographs. And I think really quite um I don't think this is dated in quite the same way that some of the rest of it has. I think some of this looks um but yes. Rather a boring spread I have to say that everything is just like khaki and white. It's tad dull. They've got they've mixed it up a bit with some gold socks and a gold belt. But anyway, interesting combination. So, yeah, so that's um, being crazy about Carpeak, as we all are. So I've dug (laughs) straight into... (laughs) This is a really weird interview with four celebrities. We've got Richard O'Sullivan, Gareth Hunt, Elton John, James Hunt. Sorry if the only name you recognise from that is Elton John, but... But wasn't Richard O'Sullivan handsome? I'm going to show you a picture of Richard O'Sullivan there. Anyway, they've asked them. (laughs) They've asked the four celebrities what they're scared of. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I've read ahead what Elton John's is. (laughs) Oh, my God, it made me laugh. Right. So this, this is Elton in 1977, obviously, with his trademark glasses so (laughs) it's entitled when elton let out a shriek (laughs) we laugh so much elton john's pet fear is frogs (laughs) he just can't stand them (laughs) i come over all creepy whenever i see one he confessed they're all green and slimy and nasty (laughs) It gets worse, <laughs> and if there's one thing worse than a frog, it's a dead frog. <laughs> Why would a dead frog be worse? <laughs> oh God! And it now takes a really strange um, angle. Here we go. So, is uh, oh dear, if there's one thing worse than a frog, it's a dead frog. And the deadest, greenest, nastiest frog I ever saw was in a swimming pool. Wait for this turn of events. I'd arranged to meet Catherine Hepburn. (laughs) As you do. I'd arranged to meet Catherine Hepburn for a swim. She's one of my idols and I was going all out to impress her. I posed a bit by the side of the pool. I didn't try to do a fancy dive because I can't dive very well. I was just standing on the edge all ready to slide into the water when I saw it. A really dead frog. (laughs) It was really dead. Not just a bit dead, really dead. I gave a shriek you could have heard across the Sahara. But Catherine, Catherine Hepburn, was wonderful. She just swum up to it very calmly and picked up this great creature, flung it aside and carried on swimming. How did you manage to do that? I said as soon as I'd recovered a bit. Character, dear boy, character, she answered in that fantastic deep voice. That put me in my place. I didn't try to sh- show off to her again, but it still didn't cure me of my fear of frogs. <laughs> I don't believe any part of that is true. (laughs) Catherine Hepburn fished out a dead frog so the Elm John could go swimming. Oh, God. I don't think it's ever going to get better than that, people. So I found uh, an article in here. This is called The Day That Changed My Life, um, which uh, is fair enough. Um, and it all starts, it all starts okay. (laughs) Uh, the the day that changed my life, Karen stayed at home alone every night until she made that fateful decision. Now, can I tell you whatever you're thinking? It's not. (laughs) Oh dear. I'm following on from the general kind of, hey fatso vibes of previous, uh, previous magazines. This is how it starts. Karen Brody is seventeen years old and used to weigh fourteen stones, six pounds. She stayed at home every night because she didn't have any boyfriends. But since the day that changed her life, she's dropped to eleven stone and got herself a steady. Some change, huh? Karen owed up to the fact she's always been quite tubby. I just Oh the language. And in fact, when she was only ten she weighed ten stone mainly because she ate so many sweets. Well, say it like it is. I'd been on and off off diets all the time, she admitted, but the trouble was I'd get very bored and fed up with them. Um, Karen's own doctor was so worried about her weight that he even sent her to hospital for a month to go on a a 200-calorie-a-day crash diet, where she had to be escorted everywhere in case she fainted. I'm not sure that's terribly good for you. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> it, it goes on now about her being horribly fat, obviously. <clears throat> um, but things, <laughs> oh, when it got worse, hang on. When I went shopping, and by the way, this reminds people of my generation of the horrendousness of communal changing rooms. Like people nowadays don't know they're born. Communal changing rooms when you went to try clothes on. Worst thing ever. Anyway, as Karen would agree, when I went shopping and there was a communal dressing room, I'd head straight for the corner and hide. Of course, If I tried on something that made me feel awful, which often happened, I'd slink away, feeling rather embarrassed and jealous of all the skinny girls. This is just so awful. Oh, and anyway, it's just more, more of of this, really. Anyway, so she didn't go out anywhere, didn't have any friends, certainly didn't have a boyfriend. Anyway. Sounds uh, hardly sounds like a fun pet life, does it? But then came the day that changed Karen's life. It was the 7th of April, 1975. She remembers quite clearly. It must have been... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I can't believe what this actually is. It must have been around 9.30 in the morning and I was late for school. I had Capital Radio on and heard Mike Aspel. Oh, Michael Aspel on capital radio i remember it well say something about fatties (sighs) so i turned up he said capital were looking for people who wanted to lose weight to make up a ton of fatties (gasps) and that anyone interested should contact them oh my god that was actually the, the the title of the project was a ton of fatties oh my god Anyway, so she scrolled down the address and as soon as she got home from school, I wrote off. As well as your weight and height, you had to give a reason for wanting to lose weight. And I put, I'm sick of seeing my skinny sister go out with boyfriends while I I stay at home. (gasps) After about four days, I got a phone call from Capital. My heart missed a beat when they told me I was one of the 22 people they'd chosen out of hundreds to sponsor to lose weight with Weight Watchers. Oh, my word. Um weight watchers got in touch with Karen, and a few days later she went to a class at her local branch. Oh, so she wasn't didn't go to capital Radio; she just went to she just went to weight watchers anyway um so uh, that was it, so Karen goes to her, and then she was interviewed again by Michael Aspital on Capital Radio. He was very nice and kind to me, but I was so nervous, my hands were sweating. Karen laughed eight months later. Karen had lost three stone. And my life had completely changed. For one thing, I stopped being embarrassed about my appearance. Um, so she's thrilled. Um, good. Karen is thrilled that she now takes a size 12 to 14 because at one time she couldn't even squeeze into a size 18 trousers. Well, Karen. Honestly. Anyway, that ends with like now she goes to parties. She's got a man. Um, she goes to lots of football matches and <laughs> discos, clubs and parties. My life is just so much fuller than it used to be. And she was saying that she's she, she's so grateful that she had been listening to Capital Radio that day so that she could go to Weight Watchers. Oh, <laughs> that's ten minutes of my life I'm never getting back. <laughs> I've just found an ad um, which I, I <laughs> enjoyed. It's It's titled, Are You Using the Right Blow and Shape? (laughs) Uh, It's it's, it's blow and shape. It's a blow-drying lotion. I wasn't quite sure what it was, but it's a blow-drying lotion. There it is. Isn't that a lovely black and white ad? Doesn't that make you want to, to rush out and buy blow and shape? It's the only way to blow dry and style all types of hair. It protects fine hair against split ends and makes greasy hair fresh and manageable. There isn't another blow drying lotion that does so much for your type of hair. Oh, a world before mousses. (laughs) Um, This this is... Uh, I found a strange little gossipy page. <clears throat> it's called "What's Going On" <clears throat> by Rick Stein. <laughs> it's just a strange little gossipy page, and um, this is yeah. <laughs> this made me laugh. It's a sort of gossip page about celebrities. There was a um, a singer called Tina Charles. <laughs> for those of you who remember, huh? and um, this is just like a little tidbit of gossip and it says wonder what gives tina charles that incre- incredibly strong voice it couldn't be the fact that she smokes around 40 cigarettes a day <laughs> that's a nice little gossip about about tina charles i'm sure she would have been thrilled to have had that imprint um Oh, dear. This next one, which is about uh, the damned, Mm. if you remember the damned, and Captain Sensible, who was indeed the lead singer, uh, has a picture of them here looking suitably uh, bonkers. This is a weird story. Mm. I'm just going to read it and I'm just going to let it sit with you. That wonderful lunatic in the damned, Captain Sensible, who's more at home on the streets wearing nurses' uniforms and ballerina costumes than a shirt and jeans, he did used to dress eccentrically, to be fair, confessed to me the other day about a mixed-up love affair that nearly got off the ground. It was one of those festivals that lasted three days. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, The captain informed me, I fell in love with a girl in the marquee tent on the first day but I was a bit scared of approaching her because she was with a fella. Then I realised that he wasn't her fella, but her brother. So I began plotting how I could get off with her. (laughs) Oh, I'd forgotten that phrase, to get off with someone. (laughs) I mean, what, the bus? Anyway, it wasn't until the final day that I got up enough courage to go up to her brother and tell him I was in love with his sister. He looked at me really queerly and then politely informed me that wasn't his sister, but his brother. (laughs) Well, we all make mistakes. (laughs) I'm not quite sure where any of that was going, but hmm, thought I'd read it out nonetheless. Finally, the problem page. Hurrah! Uh, This is Jill answering these, says lovely Jill. He's going to be answering our problems. Um, Cracking on the first one, could I be pregnant? Dear Jill. By the way, Jill comes across as a little bit of a told you so. I can say Jill's. Anyway, my boyfriend and I had sexual intercourse last month. We did not use any contraception. He just withdrew. Now I'm getting worried as my last period was due in April and I've now not had one for nearly two months. Although my periods are not very regular and I have missed months out during the last year, they have always come at the beginning of the next month. Could I be pregnant? Will there be any signs to show that I am? I think the baby might be a sign. Just saying. Um, <laughs> my boyfriend said he was sure that no sperm entered me. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <clears throat> Can I have an abortion? All right, let's get straight to it. Now, Jill, Jill's going to tell her off. We've all got that feeling, haven't we? Of course you could be pregnant if you have been silly enough to make love without using any reliable form of contraception. Withdrawal is not a reliable form of contraception, as sperm can be on the tip of the penis before the man ejaculates, and he won't know it. (laughs) Not only, I don't know why this is making me laugh so much, not only is withdrawal a very unreliable form of birth control, it can also be extremely frustrating for both both climax, no, no, both partners, I'm sorry, to have to call a halt before climax, that's what I was trying to say. Some people find it totally impossible to control themselves to this extent and don't withdraw in time anyway, so that's useless. Oh, chill. Uh, Get a pregnancy test either from your doctor, your local um, family planning clinic or ring the British Pregnancy Advisory Service to find out where your nearest branch is. Then you get a pregnancy test, etc. If you aren't pregnant, then count your lucky stars. And if you are going to sleep with your boyfriend again, go to the family planning clinic and get a reliable method of birth control. Well, Jill's not pulling any punches, is she? Um so dear Jill, this is called Is He Lying? I think if you have to ask the question <laughs> we know the answer. Dear Jill, I've been going out with my boyfriend Barry <laughs> always nice to know their names for nearly six months now. My problem is that I live in London. And <laughs> it's another one of these very 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 long far apart romances that can never meet my problem is that he lives in london is so i live in london and he lives in lyd in kent <laughs> uh, which is 73 miles away that's very specific 73 miles away and this means I only get to see him at the weekend oh at least she sees him at the weekend some of them only only have ever seen them once in a lifetime when I first met him he was always telling me lies and even two-timed me now I never know if he is telling the truth or if he is lying he tells me he isn't going out with anybody else which I want to believe but at times I find it hard I never know if I should trust him a lot or not I think an awful lot of him and don't want to make a fool of myself or be the one to get hurt. Please give me some advice. Jill says, if you are going to carry out a long-distance romance, which isn't easy at the best of times... It's not that long distance! Anyway, then you have to be able to trust the other person. If you feel you really cannot, then it is time to call it a day. But if it is a case of too much time without him that's making you suspicious... Then you have to put your own brain in order and not accuse him of things which really aren't true. Only you can know what really is the case and then do something about it. But a word of warning. Oh, Jill's right in there, isn't she? If you keep nagging him about it, (laughs) and he's not guilty of it. He might just go ahead and do it. So be careful. Jim's an old Jim. Jill's a right old one, isn't she? This one made me really sad. But the the answer made me a great deal sadder. This is I'm ashamed of my figure. Dear Jill, I am very fat, but I love to go swimming. And I'm very ashamed of my weight. Wait for this, people. My figure, if that's what it is, is 38, 28, 38. Is that not like nice <laughs> is that not like perfect apparently not in 1977 and i am nine stone six pounds why does this girl think she's very fat anyway i've tried to diet but i just can't please is there any ta- are there any tablets or something i could try i would be, gre- be very grateful um, for any help at all now Do we all have the response in our mind as to what we think Jill is going to say? Don't worry. Perfect as you are. You're not overweight. That kind of thing. Oh, no. Oh, Jill, no. (laughs) This is what this is what Jill says. Swimming is very good exercise for you and should keep you in trim. The doctor won't give you slimming pills just like that. Go and see him or her and ask for a diet sheet. You won't lose weight without the willpower to limit your own eating to the right foods, which are low in calories. Keep a check on the fatty foods you eat and things like chocolate, potatoes, cakes, etc. are definitely taboo. You'll never get over this last paragraph. I sympathise with you, having once been a real fatty myself. You are just a bit overweight. I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to have to force myself. I'm a minute. You are just a bit overweight. I'm going to have to force myself to watch my diet again for a while. So why not join me? Oh my god! I don't think I'm ever going to get over that response. Why didn't she just tell us she was fine and carry on swimming? Oh my god! What? Oh. Oh, I've ended this one quite angry. Anyway, so let's see what we've got next week. Next week we've got... (laughs) Next week we've got Hey Shorty. (laughs) So if you're not fat, this is if you're short. (laughs) Hey Shorty, four fashion pages just for you if you're short. (laughs) Uh. Queen, long live queen. We've got them in colour, although not here. (coughs) Here we've only got them in black and white. And heartbreak, drinking. Could it happen to me? I think it did, Um, (laughs) frankly. Finally, our, um, I love this advert. This is the um, number 17, uh, Makeup. This is the ad on the back cover, which is rather saucy, actually. It's a girl in a, well, saucy for 1977. Um, it's a girl, you can only just see her legs and her hands as she's holding down a, um, a rather short red skirt, which is blowing up a la Marilyn Monroe. Um, it's introducing the new look, good looking 17 makeup that's had a facelift. Uh, mascara just so that you know the price mascara is from just 36p lipsticks that start at 22p nail polishes from just 24p so see the new look good looking 17 at boots today and make yourself nice for a real low price oh that's an awful strap line isn't it and make yourself nice for a real low price <laughs> anyway fab fab makeup there at the bottom anyway that's the back cover I hope you enjoyed this week's okay magazine of May the 14th 1977 I'll see you next time bye